Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but born of God. And the word became flesh and lived amongst us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who's close to the Father's heart, who has made him know. The Gospel of the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that we would hear not just the words of men, but the words of God. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to take part of that as my text this morning from John's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 1053. Page 1053, John's Gospel, chapter 1, and beginning at verse 1. And this morning I want to talk on this subject of Jesus, the object of our faith, Jesus, both God and man. Jesus, the object of our faith, Jesus, both God and man. Now, truth be told, Jesus means different things to different people. Uh, to some uh, people, Jesus was a great prophet, like one of the great prophets in the Bible, like Ezekiel or Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, or perhaps even Moses. And then to others, Jesus is a, a great teacher who said things that we probably should pay attention to because they're worth paying attention to, uh, perhaps even uh, worth doing <laughs> to one degree or another. And others still, uh, Jesus to them, uh, you know, really isn't that important at all. 
And so to them, Jesus is of no real concern. And so Jesus isn't any particular part of their life at all. But what about those who were closest to Jesus? What was their testimony? And what do they say about Jesus? And in our text this morning, what we have is the testimony of John. And John was very close to Jesus. Now, that is the John who is sometimes referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And John's testimony is that Jesus is both God and man. And so firstly, John says that Jesus is God. Indeed, Jesus, or John says that Jesus is what God is, and Jesus does what God does. For instance, John says that uh, Jesus, or he calls him here, the Word, the Logos, uh, according to Greek philosophy at the time, the Logos was this reasoning principle that guided and directed it, uh, and was what made the universe function in all of its harmony and all of its glory. And, and um, John sort of steals that word and makes use of it as to say in a sort of left-handed way that, uh, you know the Logos? <laughs> well, let me tell you about the true Logos. And he says about Jesus, the Logos, that, um, that he's eternal. That is to say that Jesus, the Word, the Logos, has always existed. Indeed, John says that in the beginning, isn't it interesting, John's gospel starts just as the Bible itself starts. How does the Bible start? Genesis 1 and verse 1, what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And John says that in the beginning... When God spoke into existence all created things, Jesus, the Word, was there. And not as part of what God created, but He existed existentially prior to all created things, even as God is existentially prior to all that He created. Indeed, notice again, John 1 and beginning at verse 1. In the beginning... When everything began, when the time-space continuum was spoken by God, ex nihilo, into existence, the word was. In fact, the Greek, in the Greek, the, the verb here is in the imperfect tense, meaning that there was something going on in the past. Not just that something happened in the past, but something was going on in the past. And what was going on in the past is the existence of the Word, Jesus, the Logos. And so John says that when the beginning began, if you like, Jesus, the Word, already was. Indeed, Jesus, the Word, did not become something at the beginning. Rather, when all things began, Jesus was there. Notice it again. In the beginning was the Word, or in the beginning the Word was, or as the New Living Translation puts it, and the idea is quite clearly, clearly stated, in the beginning the Word already existed. And so Jesus, the Word, is eternal. 
And then John says that Jesus, the Word, shares eternity with God the Father. Notice again, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In the Greek, was with the God, which it, all throughout the New Testament refers to the Father. In fact, you'll have this formula, God, the Lord, and the Spirit. And the God, we don't see, we don't have the, uh, the definite article there because we don't talk that way, so we drop it, but it's there, the God. And that's a reference to the Father. And so, in the beginning was the Word, Jesus, as we'll see later, that will become clearer if this isn't making a great deal of sense. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And then he says, and the Word was God. And we'll have just a little bit more to say about that in a moment. And so John says that in the beginning Jesus was, and in the beginning Jesus was with the Father in that eternal state before the, what we know as the time-space continuum was spoken by God, ex nihilo, out of nothing, at the beginning. And John says that in the beginning, Jesus was God, that he didn't become God, he, rather he was God, that is to say that in the beginning, the divinity that belongs to the Father, in fact, I'll just mention this, when it, that last phrase, and the word was God, there is no article with that word theon, or God in the Greek. And so you have the God, and then you have God. And in that last phrase, what John is saying is that the word shares and is what we would call divine. So that the divinity that the Father enjoys and has and what is, makes up His being is the same divine nature that belongs to the Word. In fact, as it relates to God and God's relationship to all the things that God creates, God the Father is not the only one who, who creates. Indeed, Jesus, the eternal Word, is also Creator. In fact, notice our text again, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning, when everything began, the Word was, the Word was already there, and this Word, Jesus, was with the Father, was with God, and was God, or was divine. He was in the beginning with God. And notice verse 3, and all things, all things were made through Him, the Word, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Everything, everything that falls into the category of creation is that which brought about not only by the Father, but also through the Word, through Jesus. And so just as God the Father is God, so also Jesus is God. But then Jesus is also something that God the Father is not. And that is that Jesus is also human. This great divine mystery. Not that Jesus always was human in the same way that he's always been God. But rather, and it's interesting to make the contrast, when speaking of his divinity, he was. But when speaking of his taking on of, of, of humanity, he becomes something that he wasn't before. 
he became human. That is, he became one of us. And so Jesus is the eternal word and is both God and man. Notice uh, verse 14, and this is where it all comes together. And the word became flesh. In the Latin, carne. Right? We've, you eat, we, I mean, not many of us know Latin, but some of us know Spanish, right? So chili con carne is chili with meat. <laughs> And that's exactly what this is. In fact, that's where we get the theological reference to the incarnation. It's God taking on flesh, which is, speaks actually of the entirety of human nature. And so that, God in, that Jesus in, is one person. He's not the Father. He's not the Spirit. He's the Son. But as to His nature, He shares equally both divine nature and human nature. Notice verse 14. And the word became flesh, John says, and he dwelt among us. In fact, when you read John's letter, he says, of, the, of what we heard and what we saw and what we touched, we declare to you the word of God, speaking of Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. He's giving apostolic testimony to his personal experience. After Jesus had risen from the dead and ascended and after the Spirit of God came on the day of Pentecost and the apostles were engaging in gospel ministry as Jesus had sent them to do, uh, you know, they ran into the same trouble that Jesus ran into and that was they were, uh, came up across and up against the religious establishment. And after Peter and John uh, had been instrumental in the healing of a lame man and so on and preaching the gospel, they were arrested and then they were bought, brought to trial by the same Sanhedrin that had put Jesus on trial. And they told him, stop preaching in this name. Stop healing this name or you'll pay for it. And Peter said for both John and Peter, you will remember, whether it's right to obey you or God, you be judged. But we cannot keep silent about the things that we've seen and heard. And that's what John is talking about here. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. The glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so Jesus, the Word, was God and is God, and He became human and is human. He became one of us. And John says that he dwelt, as he puts it, he dwelt among us. In fact, John spent three years with him, day and night, <laughs> during his ministry. And John, uh, and, and others, of course, said John wasn't the only disciple. In fact, there was more than the twelve. Uh, in fact, you remember when uh, Judas was lost, of course, uh, they, Peter brought the group together and said, we need to replace, uh, replace Judas. And we need to replace him with someone who has been with us from the beginning and who saw Jesus do what he did and had experienced him having been raised from the dead. And they cast the lots and the lot fell to Matthias. And Matthias had been on the fringe. He's not mentioned until Acts, but he had been there and been a part of the, of the, uh, the close crowd that surrounded the twelve. But John says that uh, we experienced him. He, he dwelt among us. 
and we beheld his divine glory. We saw God in him. Indeed, they saw Jesus when he turned the water into, the, into wine. You try that. Not a great huge feat for God. They saw Jesus heal the lame. A man in John chapter 5, lame from birth. And Jesus said, take up your pallet and go. They saw Jesus transform a, bo a boy's small lunch, just a lunch appropriate to the appetite of a boy. And Jesus took it and multiplied it to feed 5,000 men plus the women and children. They saw Jesus walk on water. They saw Jesus give sight to the blind. They saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. And finally, they saw Jesus himself alive after the crucifixion. And in all of this, John says that in his humanity, they saw his glory. And Jesus made the invisible God visible. In fact, that's just exactly what he says in verse 18. Notice verse 18. No one has ever seen God, but the only God, referring, by the way, to the Logos, to Jesus, but the only God who's at the Father's side. Where is he now? Seated at the right hand of God the Father. No one has ever seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known, or He has made God known. You remember the famous dialogue between Jesus and Philip. <laughs> In this same Gospel of John, John 14 and beginning at verse 8, and we read, and Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be enough for us. Do it, Lord, show us. Show us the Father. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And so how can you say, show me the Father? The Father's invisible, Philip, and yet if the, if, if, the, if the Father was to take on human flesh the way I have taken on human flesh, you know what you would see? <laughs> You'd see pretty much the same thing. Because, as Jesus said in another place, the Father and I are one. Or in Colossians, turning to the writings of Paul, Colossians chapter 1 and beginning at verse 15, he says, and he, Jesus, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, all things created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. <laughs> I, don't know that, I don't know that we still know why the, the protons and the neutrons just keep spinning around each other, and they don't just fly apart. <laughs> but Jesus, who created those protons and neutrons, holds all things together. He's God. 
or the writer to the Hebrews wrote this, chapter 1 and beginning at verse 1. Long ago and at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days He's spoken. He's spoken to us by His Son whom He appointed heir of all things, heir of the universe. Through Him also He created the world. And He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. If you see Him, you've seen God. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. This is the same incarnate word that Jesus or that Mary gave birth to. And they clipped the cord. And she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a feeding trough for domesticated animals. And so in that song, what Jesus did you know, or whatever, or Mary did you know, and when this phrase about did you know that when you were looking into the, into the face of your child, you're looking into the face of God. <laughs> you may recall that on one occasion, Jesus was with his disciples alone, just the twelve. Uh, and he asked them, uh, who do people say that I am? Well, they, they said, uh, some say John the Baptist. John the Baptist come back from the dead. In fact, that's what Herod believed. Well, this man can do miracles because I killed John, but he's come back from the dead with these special powers. Others say uh, Elijah because many of the things that Jesus did was like Elijah and like Elisha. Or, or, or Jeremiah, some say are one of the prophets. But then Jesus asked, as you remember, he said, but who do you say that I am? And I guess that begs the question, doesn't it? Jesus is who he is. That the question that's most important as it relates to your life, both now and in the future, is who is Jesus to you? Is the Jesus you believe in the real Jesus? Or is the Jesus you believe in someone else? Let us pray. It's an extraordinary thing and mysterious it's, it's, Lord, it's rather like uh, Mary saying, but how can these things be since I've not known a man? And, and then Gabriel gave her an answer, but she couldn't possibly have understood what he was saying. It was an explanation, but I have a hard time imagining that she really got it, even though she said, well, whatever you're talking about, <laughs> if this is what the Lord wants, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me, according to your will. And it may be very, very difficult for us to wrap our head around this. I suppose Philip was having difficulty when Jesus said, scolded him, sort of, and said, Philip, have I been with you so long and you should say something so remarkable as show me the Father, Philip? If you've seen me, you've seen God. And this is your son, Lord, we may, for one reason or another, need a different kind of Jesus, maybe one that 
indeed, if he's God, then there isn't any option like, well, you know, I think I'll listen to a little bit of this and do a little bit of that. No, if he's God come in the flesh, then everything that he has to say is something I must pay attention to and mold and transform my life to because he's God and I'm not. And the thing, Lord, that we need to keep in mind is that when we do that, when we, as he said in another passage, when we abide in his word, we become his true disciples. And when we do that, we will know the truth and the truth shall set us free. And so, Lord, help us to see the son even as he is, even as you see him, that we might be able to say with you, as you said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.